BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Cheers! Welcome to Daily Pop. It's Friday and we have a rich co-host. Please welcome <laughs> Heather Dubrow, everybody. Yay! Who bought champagne for everyone today. Yes. Cheers! Happy Aloha Friday. And that's Tia Carrera. All right, guys, we are celebrating here, but there are a lot of people out in Hollywood who are not. Carpool Karaoke is about to have its last ride. Mm. James Corden just announced he's stepping down as the host of The Late Late Show in 2023. Listen to his emotional announcement while I pour one out for him. I never want this show to overstay its welcome in any way. I always want to love making it and... Uh, I really think in a year from now, that'll be a good time to, to move on and, and see what else might be out there, okay? But I gotta tell you, we're not leaving today. We still have a year to go. And I am, we are all determined to make this the best year we have ever had making this show. We are gonna go out with a bang. There's gonna be carpools and crosswalks and sketches and other surprises and... And there'll be, there's, there'll be tears. There'll be so many tears. Aww. I My love mother him. once told me, you need to leave before the lights come on. Yes. And it has stuck with me. If I ever get a tattoo, that's going to be the one. Ooh, I like that. Leave before that. the lights come on. Yeah. You never want to be the last one standing at a club. Yeah, oh, And I ugly. think it's ugly. And I think for James Corden, he's like, look. We've had seven bomb years. Right. It was supposed to be five. That was my goal. Let's do one more and leave on a high note. And he just mm -hmm. watched Ellen have the most fabulous farewell season. I mean, farewell seasons are great. Look at Cher. She's had like 20. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's still not retired. 100%. Who would you see replacing James Corden? You. You know what? I couldn't. I'm not ready. I'm okay. not ready. I do think I need another celebrity, though. I like that we have, you know, Seth you Meyers. You on. Right? <laughs> I like that we have late-night hosts that have actual hosts. Yeah. I need that one that's celebrity on celebrity, kind of sort of like what James Corden was doing. But I will say, it hits differently when Mariah Carey or another celebrity is four hours late for me as opposed to a James Corden. Like, right. if you're a celebrity... You no, I'm saying, like, celebrities are oh. late. They have oh. egos. They have demands. A normal host can take that for right. a long time. A celebrity like James Corden, an actor, that would be hard. Don't you find? Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry I was late two minutes for the call this morning. That's not me. That's not me. I was putting in the wrong code for a Zoom. No. But, um, yeah, it's, it's. Uh, I think, well, they say that the most disrespectful thing you can be is late because you can never give people's lives back to them. True. It's a Zen master that said that somewhere. So, um, I think you re meet everybody with respect, no matter their hierarchy and, you know, power or not. Yeah. I think it's smart for him to go out on top. And, honestly, I mean, his production company is 
huge, yes. killing it. They're produce, producing the Kardashians on Hulu, among a million other things. James Corden is? Yeah. yeah. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, he, and he's ready for, like, whatever the next thing is. I say brilliant, amazing run. Move it along. Do your wow. thing. Yeah. Getting back to another person who called it quits, Ellen taped her final show yesterday, and oh. there wasn't a dry eye at 4 p.m. What do you guys think her next move is? Um, I think she's going to, like, do that thing where she retires like David Letterman but comes back with something that's a little bit more in her own control, like how David Letterman has that Netflix special. Yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. So I think she's going to go chillax in Montecito. Yeah. For a little bit over in the gold triangle there house. where they live, right? Yes. Have a nice little summer with Portia, and yet maybe come back like in some streaming kind of way. Because here's the problem, and I'm gonna be real, and I like Ellen. I like Ellen. She had never done anything nasty to me. I've heard the stories, but Ellen is and will always be driven by ego. It's not about the money. It's well, about- we all are, Justin. We are. Why are we here? No, that's, exactly. <laughs> so Ellen being home and retired, She's going to get tired of that in 30 seconds. Mm. She needs the applause. She needs people to love her. That's what she runs on. And again, I, I don't mind you, Ellen. Like, I'm not being trying to be shady. I'm the same way. So I think she's going to go home, look at Portia, and be like, what do we do next? And then she's going to come back with something else. I think if she comes back, she will come with something that's deeper that she can explore, like LGBTQ and like deeper conversations. I mean, I think in this format of talk show, you can only go so deep. It's like 10 seconds, 10 seconds. And maybe you want to spend a half an hour talking to a guest you really respect and want to hear. See, I think the opposite. I think she's a comedian, and instead of having the conversations, uh -huh. I see her more going back to, like, the stand-up. She's the funny. She can't. Can she can't. I? What? She can't. She can't. Why? I would love for her to go back there, but when you have that much riding on your ass, like, when you oh, have... you don't want to be canceled? You don't want to be canceled. You, you don't want to say the okay. wrong things because yeah. people like to remind you of what you've done in the past. Honey, that's why Twitter was created, okay? It's a receipt bank. That, that, audit, that audit service over there, they will bring it back. She can't be a comedian anymore. I think what she is going to do is she likes talking to famous people. Yeah. She loves a famous person. She's going to sit on the stage with a famous person and do something that's more inside the actor's studio. Yeah, okay. yeah and she can curate it and say, I want to talk to that person. I don't want to talk to that person. You can't tell me who I'm talking to or not talking to. Yeah. Because the studio will curate for her. Well, I still hope she goes back to some form of stand-up because I feel like I agree with what you're saying, but I would love... She's been, she's been groundbreaking in so many different ways over the years that it would be nice to see comedy become open and funny again. Yes. I could see her jumping up at the Largo, though, just doing an impromptu set, unannounced, just to get that mojo going, just for fun. But I don't know about, like, putting yourself out there like a big I Netflix mean. special where people can go, oh, my gosh, you know? A white lady on a comedy stage must be so scary. You know, people are just so ready to cancel people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially, it's like, yeah. it's hard. Speaking of hard, Willow Smith is keeping it real and going hard on her mom. On the Facebook Watch show, Willow told Ireland Baldwin about her anxiety and why she had to forgive Jada. It was rough. I feel like when I was growing up, she didn't understand my anxiety because she, growing up, had seen her friends die. Nice. Like, she had been through so much stuff that, like, my issues to her kind of felt like... Smaller. 
And that was very frustrating for me as a child. Of course. Yeah. Because I was like, how can you not see my internal emotional struggle? Yeah. But like really recently, she, we had a talk and she was like, I never knew that I actually experienced anxiety. Right. And she was pushing it down and pushing it down for so many years. Like she had no idea. So I kind of had to forgive her a little bit. Forgive oh my, your mom. I, listen, I have so many emotions about that. <laughs> Go for it. I'm so serious. Like, I I get it, and I, and I feel for this. But as a parent, this is so hard because, you know, sometimes you don't want to lean into what your child wants to lean into because it makes it worse sometimes. Mm. It's a really difficult line to walk with your kids. And I, I think that Jade is a really good mom, and you know, we all do our best and we try to help our kids and give them all the resources that we possibly can. But sometimes you gotta be careful not to lean in too much. But then you're lambasted by your child on national television yeah. for that too. <laughs> you can't win, Justin. It's you a can't tough win. job, man. It's a tough job. It's the hardest, best job you'll ever have. But it is. It's like when the kid falls down when they're a baby. Like, and if you go, oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, they fell, are you okay? okay? Then they're gonna cry more. Yeah, like you, you gotta, gotta go, come you're on, fine. Take it off. Brush shake it off. it off, come on. Keep moving. Then they get up and they start playing again, so there's some of that, I'm sure. But then they're in therapy 15 years later they're saying, be in my mother anyway. left me on the floor crying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't win. I also think that generation of people, it was a lot of get up and toughen up, you know, and, you know, depression, anxiety, we don't talk Not about acceptable. those kinds. Unacceptable. It right. was very unacceptable. And the generation before that, even more. They so, didn't even have a word for it. 100%. But I, I'm looking at this family and I'm looking at this conversation as the mother has, has really evolved. The parents have evolved. Yeah. They know that they can deal with it. They know how to deal with it. And they've come to a place where... Um, they just didn't keep going with their old ways. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, I think as humans, we ho all hope to be, you know, more yeah. self-actualized and grow as we get older. And as a parent, you hope to do the same thing, too. And like you're saying, you know, they're products of their environment yes. also. And you also, like, look, I know for, from my own experience, when you do try to have those hard conversations with your parents, it's their reactions that stick with you. Yeah. Like, you know, I have had an issue... Or I brought an issue to my parents, and it's their reaction that I will never forget, even 17 years later. Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, this is... And I and I don't go to them with those issues anymore because of that one reaction. Mm. So you never yeah. let it go. It sticks no. with you forever. How do you handle those hard conversations with your kids? I mean, we have a very open communication in our house. Um because I didn't have that. But look, yeah, even now, too. you know, I was out to dinner with Kat and Coco last night and Kat was recalling some conversation we had a year ago and what her what her memory of it was much different than mine and yeah, Terry's yes. memory of it. Mm. And I'm not negating her feelings on it, but it's also like, it's not just how the conversation goes, but how you assimilate the information too. For sure, it truly is. I love it's a that lose, we have lose. these conversations now where our parents never, they don't talk about sex, they don't talk about anything. Like, I didn't, I didn't even know how babies were made, okay? They, my mother brought out a book, showed me something, I still didn't know what was going on. By the way, I so, still don't really know, because <laughs> most of mine were made in the lab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, so thankful we have a rich co-host today. <laughs> Coming up, Marlon Wayans is joining us live and anything can happen. Plus, Kanye steps in big for Kim. Her reaction next.
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Kanye came to Kim's rescue like Heather came to ours this morning. <laughs> Remember on Keeping Up With The Kardashians when we saw Kim call Kanye crying about another possible sex tape. Well, just as Kim was about to host SNL, she got a big surprise. I just came from the airport. Oh. So this is my travel and coach vibes. I like your traveling yeah. coach vibes. Wait, did you just get here? I thought you were already here um, in New York. Well, I had to go to LA and come back. Oh. So I just traveled to get something for Kim. So Kanye flew home last night. And he came back this morning. I want to show you guys what he got me. He got me all of the sex take back. Oh my god. And he flew home and got oh. the computer was on a hard drive. And came up with Ray J at the airport and got it all back for me. Oh Kim. Oh my god. That's amazing. All of the sex tape? How much sex tape are we talking about? Like reams and reams and gigabytes and gigabytes and terabytes of sex tapes? You know, they had just remixed it, shortened it. <laughs> they had cut it, you know, down. And there was this extra footage. But thankfully, we found out that there was no actual extra explicit things on said tape. It was like some B-roll, some filler. So how'd you feel about this? Actually... I kind of felt bad for Kanye. Why? Because I think that he was thinking, there is no way I'm not getting back in this house. Like, mm. there is this no... This was his entree back. This was his entree okay. back. This right. was my... Golden ticket. Golden ticket. Yeah, I'm going to fly coach. Yeah, I know. I'm going to fly coach. He said, this is my coach flying outfit. No, no. He said, this is coach vibes, meaning that was the outfit. He didn't mean no, no. he was in no, 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 coach. No, no, no. He flew coach because that was the last seat. Saying. It was the last seat left on the plane. You're telling me this man has no access to a private plane? He just went to LAX to pick up this thing. I'm telling you right now, this man thought- You just lost me at coach. That's his version of flogging I himself. I don't himself see him smashed in between A and C yeah. with the peanuts going he by. He did Sorry. it. He did it. With Why a mask didn't he on. get a plane? I don't know. Maybe it was because he wanted to show her that he was getting on coach. I love yeah. you so much. I will sit in 24J. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. But guess what? Didn't happen. He didn't realize that Skeet was circling the corner. Now, that all went down on the Kardashians on Hulu. Um, the other thing that everybody is, you know, kind of confused about is the fact that we didn't see Pete on the episode. Right. There was, like, one for, like, a split second. But I think it's smart. I think it's smart. A, it was very early on. Yeah, maybe just because it was early days and he didn't know if he wanted to do it or not. I'm sure mo more and more we'll see him now, don't you think? No, I think they're going to hold that for for um, season two. Well, really? I think she should hold her relationship a little private and in the back burner. And if she can, just to, you know, yeah, grow the relationship, have an authentic, nice, real relationship. But I also feel like if they had shown him too much on the SNL episode... It, it would have messed with the reveal. Yeah, but also it's all anyone would be looking at is like the Easter eggs yes. of that as opposed to whatever. And I mean, hosting Saturday Night Live is a huge deal and what an incredible accomplishment for her. Yeah. And then I think it kept the focus on that. For sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of being seen, Pete was in court yesterday. He showed up to support Kim at the Black China trial. Pete sat in the back of the courtroom and gave Kim a hug and a kiss afterwards. 
the dentist, court. I mean, this sounds like the funnest relationship ever. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. Like, this is not what I thought dating a billionaire was going to be no, like. Don't cry for him, Argentina. He's going to the Bahamas. Did they give blood in between? Be a private jet. Like what? Give me that girl. Give me that girl. <laughs> now people are wondering, will they show up at the Met Gala together? Of course they will. Of I don't think so. Of course they will. You don't think so? You want to bet? I, yeah, I'm gonna bet. I'll bet you 100 bucks. bucks. 100 bucks. 100 bucks that they're on the red carpet together. 100 bucks. I don't think they'll go either. Thank you. Ooh. I think she's done. She's such really a, in love with him. No, I don't think it's that. I think <laughs> she's done such a great job at untethering herself from a man when it comes to her brand, when mm. it comes to fashion. And yep. she has worked really hard to be taken seriously as a fashionista. She yeah. is not going to want a gimmick to come in the way of this are people to see this as some type of X, Y, and Z. She is like literally the Beyonce of the Met Gala when Beyonce doesn't go. She walks it's it herself. Well, think about it. I mean, last year with that outfit, okay? Yes. That was insane and she was on her own and she had the whole, yes. you know, that cool outfit on and everything. This is arguably the biggest stage in the world for fashion mm -hmm. yes. is, is this opening to the walk-in of the Met Gala. And I don't think she'd use it as a, here's my boyfriend. No, I don't think she's gonna do it. I also don't think it's, um, I think for her, she's been branding herself to be a fashion person hmm. forever. She wanted people to take her seriously. She had cover to- Cover of Vogue. Cover of yeah. Vogue. I don't think she's gonna do it. I but think what he's he gonna wants, go. What if he wants to go with her? I think he's gonna go. But and she's not gonna walk go. the carpet. By the way, that man is 28 years old. He's dating one of the most famous women ever. If she says, I don't want you to step foot in New York for the next 48 hours, he is gonna do it. He is not going to step foot in New York for 48 hours. Huh. She's not gonna fight her on that. Tia, come on. All right, we'll see. It might cost me 100 bucks, that's okay. Right? If Kim and Pete do hit up those steps at the Met Gala, they certainly wouldn't be the first famous couple to do it. Here are some moments we'll never forget. The Met Gala is not only a place to debut the latest styles. Once we're all at the top of the carpet, we can take a deep breath. I don't know if I can in this corset. It's also the hot spot for breaking couples news. Take Giselle and Tom Brady. They came out as a pair on the gala's red carpet in 2008, and they've been ones to watch for glamour and style ever since. Others who confirmed their couplehood on fashion's biggest night, Priyanka and Nick, Kylie and Travis, Blake and Ryan, and just last year, Rihanna and ASAP stole the show with their red carpet debut. But you know, Riri gets attention no matter what. I love to be funky. You know, I love, I love to have a little edge with everything that I do. Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel basically played out their whole relationship timeline at the posh event. They hit the gala in 2009 and 2010 as booze, then took a break from the red carpet and each other in 2011 and return as an engaged couple in 2012. While some celeb couples turn the platform into a coordinated effort, others make their own separate statements. And of course, there are some famous couples who coordinate on the carpet, but didn't end up a match. Kanye's look is like a little bit more downplayed with the denim. I just wanted to really go for it. You guys, make sure you watch E! Live from the Met Gala Monday. It's all happening on Monday, May 2nd from 6 to 9 p.m. 
only on, did I mention E? Yes. E oh, great. Huh. Up next, we're hanging <laughs> with the hilarious Marlon Wayans. We're talking family comedy in his new show after this. So if you're gonna be a black actor, I need you to be a writer, a producer, a creator. And then you can create work for your black actor to work. And because of John Singleton, I have written, starred, and produced over 21 Terrible movies. <laughs> Can we get an amen for Marlon Wayans, everybody? Dang. Dang. Man. How we doing? You have been in comedy for so long. I love everything you do, but I am so shocked your black ass has not been canceled because you say the things that everybody wants you to. Everybody wants to say the things you say. How have you gotten away with it? I'm grandfathered into foolishness. And plus, I think, I think I'm an equal opportunity offender. My brother always taught me to be an equal opportunity offender, and which means I make fun of everybody. And the most uh, the person I make most fun of is myself. And I think when you do that, then you know, you can't be mad because everybody gets it. And also, you, what is your intention? My intention yeah. is to make everybody laughs. So even if I go there, because nowadays you talk about a topic, you know, do, 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 do that, do, do that. No, go there. I'm supposed to go into that dark cave and come out with this little nugget called light. And if I make you laugh, if I make the people that I'm making fun of laugh the loudest, then that's a damn good joke. That's, that's a damn good comedy. joke. That is a damn good joke. Yes. Now, your niece is in this new special with you, Headliners. Yes. And you have a family full of comics. Yes. What is Thanksgiving like? That was the ugly birthday cake she made me. You see that cake? <laughs> Go back to that cake. What? That was the ugliest cake. I, I didn't know what it was. It moved. I thought it was an animal. <laughs> I gave it a name. I, when she told me it was a birthday cake, I, I didn't know what. To, I almost shot it. <laughs> you have it in a kennel somewhere at your house. As you see, cooking is not her th his they thing. That's not they thing. <laughs> By the way, at Thanksgiving, I had to give I had to give the the, the cake pronouns. I was like, is it a he? Is it, is it, a, is it a it? What is it we? <laughs> By the way, that cake is gonna sue you at some point. The cake is gonna come back and sue your ass. The cake is gonna cancel me. All, a bunch of ugly cakes. Like, no, you can't talk about us. <laughs> Speaking of canceling. I knew the minute yes. I saw the Dave Chappelle special that something, I was like, this something's gonna happen. This is not gonna bode well for him. But Dave yes. Chappelle stuck his ground and he made strides to actually sit and talk and come to a happy medium with the community yes. that he had offended. You know, as a comic, do you think that everybody should should lead with that example? No. No. I think that the comic, you have to speak your truth and you don't have to sit around having conversations and and uh town hall meetings about a joke bro this is a joke if you don't like my humor don't come to my show don't tune in but we've known dave Chappelle and we love dave Chappelle for his voice and his truth 
of his perception of what reality he's making fun of. And he has every right as a comedian and as an American with the First Amendment to speak your mind and have uh, uh, freedom of speech. All this cancel started happening with Twitter and, and, and Instagrams and when all these social media and all these bots from other countries try and tell us that we have to have the same opinion, we all have to think alike. We don't. Some of me and my best friends don't think alike. Me and Dave, we don't think alike. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't agree with what he was saying, but I found some of it funny. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like my daughter, my daughter's gay. So I understand what he's saying, but I also understand from a father's perspective where I can communicate that joke differently, but that's my point of view. And I'm not mad at him for having his, and I, I employ every, I applaud every comedian to tell their truth, man, because we're comedians first, and all he wants to do is make people laugh. He doesn't want to heal, he can't heal the world. All he can do is make you feel differently about it, make you laugh for a second. That's all our job is to do. 100%, and by the way, I employ every comedian to tell their truth and their jokes, except at the Oscars. Just don't say it at the Oscars, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was, it was interesting. Is that, it was interesting. That's the word you're using? Oh, it was interesting. I'll talk about it on stage, but for now, oh, oh it was interesting. <laughs> I think every black person was like, this mother right here. <laughs> I think part of us was like, wow. Because for years, we had no idea Will had that in him. We I like, said wow. the same thing. He's from, he's from Northwest Philly. <laughs> but he lived in Bel Air. What is going on in Bel Air? Those some Philly's got some gangster people, man. You got you got Will Cosby. They all start out, and you think they all pudding and sweet, but they gangster. Philly got gangsters. It is crazy. <laughs> I was so shocked. I had to go rewatch yeah. some of the episodes. I was I was trying to figure Yo, out what I saw for three days. I, I watched. I I I was in shock and awe. And I, like they're both my friends, so I had to call them both and just check on them, man. We, you know, as black people, we don't do enough therapy. We have been taught that therapy is a bad thing. I, I growing up, I had white friends that was like in the third grade, yes. going to therapy. I was like, come out and play. And like, I can't. I have to go to my therapist for an hour. I was like, therapy? You are young, rich. White kid, why are you going? What problems do you have? It's true. <laughs> but it's just self-maintenance, and we all should embrace a therapist. I have a great therapist, Rodney Collins. Um, call him. If you want a black therapist, he's awesome. Great listener. And when I got to unpack, I call him. I hit him up. I'm like, yo, Rodney, I got to unpack. Oh, I'm going to slap somebody at the Oscars. I bet. <laughs> Holla at me. And we talk. By the way, Rodney. I, I, I actually, Rodney is I on tour with you right me. now. Yeah, Ronnie, right here, Ronnie. I'm good right now. I'll talk to you in a second. Um, I um, I'm actually gonna talk about it on stage. I'm kicking off my tour at the Palace Theater in Los Angeles uh, tomorrow night at uh, April 30th. One show only at the Palace Theater uh, for Netflix is a joke. There's still tickets. Get your tickets. Uh, I talk about all this on stage. Uh, it's a really funny hour and 20 minutes so come hang out and uh laugh and then headliners which you have to post up um that's um my special i got on hbo max where when i started doing stand-up comedy um i started out in these clubs with all these 
guys and they thought I was like, I had a bunch of money in box office. I had like $700 million of box office wow. behind me. Yet I'm in coffee houses doing stand-up comedy and they're like, oh, I think Marlon's on crack. Because <laughs> why would he be in coffee houses doing stand-up comedy? But I respect the game and I, I went in as a journeyman and I met all these great comedians. I won't say up and coming, they're deserving of this moment. They opened for me all over the world. And um, one night on HBO Max, I opened for them and they're the headliners. And that's the name of my special on HBO Max. It's doing really great. Go check I it out. That. It's a really funny hour comedy. And all I want to do, I'm not going to change your life. I'm just going to change your mood. Go watch headliners and come check me out at the Palace Theater tomorrow night in downtown, beautiful downtown Los Angeles. Everybody, the one and only Marlon Wayans, everyone. We'll be think it's Marlon Wayans. Official.com dot, um, dot or on Ticketmaster or link in my bio on my Instagram at Marlon Wayans. Justin, you're looking good. I'm proud of you. You're dressing. You, you got your, your chest muscles looking right. You're like a really fit referee right now. <laughs> Get out of here. Go to break. Go to break. <laughs> Marlon Wayans coming on my own show. Y'all know I love some good champagne. And a good true crime drama. And my latest obsession, besides the champagne, is the girl from Plainville. The Hulu series is inspired by the texting suicide case. Francesca spoke to Elle Fanning about taking on the emotional role. Ma'am, who are you wearing? Oh, they, you know, I'm actually wearing vintage. It's, yeah, from Shrimpton Couture, and it's um, from 1987. Givenchy. We should be like Romeo and Juliet. I'd love to be your Juliet. But you do know what happens in the end. You did a wonderful portrayal. This is a very serious topic. You know, yeah. your boyfriend, uh, he commits suicide, the character that you played. Yeah. How do you prepare for something so deep, so dark, so passionate? Yeah, I think, you know, this story is, um, is very intense, and I think all of us that were involved wanted to make sure that we handled the story with as much sensitivity, and um, we really felt the weight of that responsibility, yeah. especially knowing that you know these families are still alive and then and also Conrad's you know his life was lost and so every day we kind of carried that with us but we you know we hope that, that this show kind of shows an unbiased mm -hmm. point of view I keep finding things out about him it's like I didn't even know him tell me about your character I mean you are now a new mom you just had a son in May 2020 did this change your entire perspective about how helicopter mom you're gonna be on his text messages and who his friends are it did actually. I've played a lot of moms throughout my career, but having a son now, the the material really resonated in a different way. And yeah, I mean, I'm you know nervous about the future and and what new technologies will advance. You know, by the time he's a teenager, well, who knows? You know, I mean, everything's rapidly changing, and I hope to just like you know give him a strong base and 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 learn how to read the signs and hopefully have a relationship. I mean, even Lynn Roy had a wonderful relationship with her son and I mean, you never know. So it's, it's really, yeah, we have to look out for our, for our youth. The Girl from Plainville is streaming now on Hulu. It is so good. Up next, Olympian and Atlanta's newest Real Housewife, Sonya Richards-Ross is here. Was she ready for all that drama? We'll be back. She's new to Atlanta. She's a four-time gold Olympic medalist. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a real deal Jamaican. Oh! She has called me a friend. Me not calling her no friend. I'm a four-time Olympic medalist. Y'all better put some respect on that four-time Olympic gold yeah. medalist, Sonya Richards-Rose. 
Hi, Heather. How are you guys? Hi. Look, when I heard a Jamaican was joining Real Housewives, I was like, I'm setting my DVR today because <laughs> the Jamaican girls do not play. Am I wrong? No, you are absolutely right. And I was so excited and honored to be the first Jamaican and the first Olympian on the cast. And it is going to be an amazing season. I mean, I think you have this huge skill set, right? But your best skill set, as far as I'm concerned, is that you can run. <laughs> <laughs> when all else Am fails, Heather, I'll run. That girl can go. No, she, she can, can go. She's out. <laughs> she is out. But wait, let me ask you a question, because you know, the girls are seasoned in Atlanta. I want to know, did you meet Bolo by any chance? I did not meet Bolo. How but you know, we did have we did have an uh, like a, a, a get a get together. We all were there, and it was Bolo ish, Bolo ish. That's all I'll say. But there was no Bolo there. But I was like, Woo, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> all right. So you're used to competition, right? You know how to like calm yeah. the nerves and steal yourself and get through. So what's harder, doing that or sitting at a dinner table? with the rest of the wives. Ooh. I'm telling you, sitting at a dinner table with the girls from the housewives might have been harder than training for the Olympics, okay? <laughs> You're talking about a dynamic group of women who are very opinionated, who are always trying to get their points across. And so I learned very quickly how to inject myself and, you know, make sure that I was heard. And it was a lot of fun. But at sometimes I was like, this is harder than training for the Olympics. It <laughs> is. Did anyone tell you don't ever leave the table? Like, you cannot go to the bathroom. This is Housewife 101. Do not go to the bathroom. Oh, they all wear catheters. You got to be a camel. They all wear catheters. Don't leave the table. Don't miss a beat. Yes, I got that advice early. Okay, good. <laughs> now, I got to know, which housewife is going to be the most upset about your confessionals? Because that's where you get shady. Uh -huh. That's where you can, like, throw in a few jabs. <laughs> um, I, I would say probably in the first couple episodes, it's going to be Drew Sedora. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just keeping it real. I'm just keeping it real. They ask the questions. I got to keep it real. So I love you, Drew. <laughs> so you and your fellow housewife, Candy, you guys have seemed to have gotten really close. And you even, you went on vacation yeah. together, right? Okay, so what advice did yes, she give did. you on being a housewife? Yeah, so Candy and I have gotten super close, uh, especially since we've wrapped filming. I feel like the thing I love about this, you know, opportunity has been really getting to know the ladies. I feel like that's what's different with this season is like we really are trying to build real friendships and you can feel it. And so Candy just told me, she's like, be yourself. She told she, she also told me about, you know, showing up late. The first event I went to with the housewives, I got there about 30 minutes late and I realized <gasps> Atlanta's fashion late about an hour, hour and a half. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. You were early. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> I was still early. <laughs> no, they don't. They they are they're out of control over there. No, okay? you can tell who's an control. actor because mm -hmm. they're on time. Mm -hmm. Me, Rinna, Garcelle, always on time. Whatever the call sheet says, right? People pleasers. Yeah, yeah we're on sense. time. Um, hey, you know you retired yeah. in 2016, but do you ever think you'll hit the track again? You Besides know, running I wish from your my, my heart would be willing. My heart would be willing, Heather, but my body is just no longer in that space. You know, I do I do get to still commentate at, with NBC, and I just Goodbye. feel like to still be able to contribute to my sport in that way and to share the athletes' stories, that's where I'm at now, and I just love this place in my life. The fact that 
And I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this because sometimes it doesn't hit people the way it should anymore. The young generation, I don't know if they get it. But every four years, how many athletes are invited yeah. to the Olympics? Yeah. How many, like, is it like a well, thousand? Would... Is it like thousands? That's a really good question. So for Team USA, we have 34 events and three athletes get to go for each event. So what, that's 100 and something people so, on three. Team USA? So, 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 three. so out of everyone in America, yeah. 140 yeah. people are invited to compete in the greatest day of sports ever. Not even every year, every four years. That is, years for like each that, country. That's yeah. historical. It, that's amazing. That oh, is literally, you. you're part of history. Thank you so much. No, that means a lot to me. I mean, I dreamt about being an Olympic champion since I was nine years old, and I worked almost my entire life to achieve it. So it really means a lot. Um, and I just think of all the good times whenever you bring that up. So I'm, I feel very blessed. Where do you keep your medals? In the living room, right when you walk oh, in? Oh, Heather, I, you know, when I lived in Texas, I had a nice trophy room. Yeah. And, you know, they were hung nicely. Now they're, like, unceremoniously in a filing cabinet in Atlanta. I should be very Listen ashamed to of me. myself. Get Sonia, those things no, out. No, you need to be wearing them. Yes. I would, like, restring them, add some pearls. Wear those all the time. <laughs> yes, Heather, we will talk about this after, because I know you know how to do it. So we'll figure out how to okay. make them, you know. <laughs> And you know what? And kids, if you learn anything from this interview, dream bigger. All I dreamed about was dream meeting big. a man and cutting the line at a club, okay? So dream about those Olympics, you guys. <laughs> the new season of Real Housewives of Atlanta premieres Sunday on Bravo, and they're getting a very Jamaican vibe, you guys. And then coming up, yes. American Idol, huge reunion, how the past winners felt stepping back on that stage. How cute is she? Oh, my God, the cutest ever. In her new e-show, Nikki Glaser moves back to her hometown to live with her parents and face old flames. But who knew finding the perfect outfit could be the thing to push her over the edge? Ow! I feel like I'm at a saloon. Oh, she walked into the saloon. These are too small. Okay, I'll work a little harder. Probably just take this in. So fun. Oh my gosh, that's... Yeah, that's... so delicious. I get worried that other female comics might talk shit about me for dressing too flashy, like trying to get attention. Puffy pirate. Let me see. <laughs> but that's why I'm a comedian is I want attention. And that's why you're a comedian too, bitch. <laughs> Welcome home. Nikki Glazer premieres Sunday night at 10 right here on E! Can you believe it's the 20th anniversary of American Idol? Wow. I was in the audience in the first season. Crazy. The final three I saw. So you saw um, Ryan Seacrest's hot tips. Uh, yes. Those, those, <laughs> the hot tips. Frosted. The frosted, 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 yeah, yeah. Tips. frosted tips. Yep. To celebrate, they reunited with some of the show's top stars, and they told us all about their fears, friendships, and Idol love connections. It was so exciting to be back here. Um, it was like a high school reunion, a homecoming. Yeah. And just, you know, to be here with my little sister and sing with her, this was just great. I was good until they pulled us right backstage. Then my heart started pounding and I got like that whole feeling all over again, like, oh, I gotta go out there. I gotta go out there. But I have Ruin by my side and he's, he helps calm me down, so it's good. I definitely keep in touch with the people from my season, Same. you know, Same. it's because, you know, yeah. it's like we, we graduated college or high school together, so, you know, we have to keep up with each other. Yeah.
For season seven winner David Cook and season eight winner Chris Allen, the highlight of their time on Idol is exactly what you'd expect. I mean, winning's up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winning's not bad. Winning's nice. Yeah, yeah. No, but it is. It's such a cool little group to be a part of. You know, for as many years as this show's been on the air. Um, it's still kind of a small group, and, and, and we all have kind of developed this um, sort of social shorthand with each other. Season 16 winner Maddie Poppy and runner-up Caleb Lee Hutchinson didn't just find fame, they also found love. I guess if, if you're looking to like further your career or you're looking for, it's like the Bachelor and Idol meet at yeah. Trust. Except there weren't 25 other women competing for your heart. Well, I would say it's been, uh, there's been a few benefits for sure, but I picked the winner. So who's the real judge, if you think about it? Okay. I picked her up from the beginning. Press. The Great Idol Reunion airs Monday on ABC. Still ahead, grab some tissues because Demi Lovato is giving one fan a big surprise. You don't want to miss it. It's time for some Feel Good Friday, and we're kicking things off with a sweet reunion. 13 years ago, Make-A-Wish, my favorite organization, granted 10-year-old Austin's wish to meet her idol, Demi Lovato. Lovato. <laughs> Lovato. <laughs> Champagne has got me. Austin is now 23 and cancer-free, and she just got another big surprise. Don't give me any more of this. Going through puberty and just kind of a nudge, like, to believe in yourself. And, yeah. Y'all can just do that Aww. with John Stamos. Just have him come and like bear hug me from behind. You want you want John to come hug? Yeah, yes. when's your birthday? We need yes. to know when your birthday yeah. is. And November. Just have him okay, come there we go. Bear hug. Demi looks great. That? that was the great. sweetest thing ever. I love that. What Aww. a great reunion. Yeah. Sometimes older siblings can get a little jealous, but big brothers Winston and Doug were so excited meeting their human baby sister. One of them even brought her his toy. How cute oh, the are these? Watch this, watch this, watch this. <gasps> what, like they're what, trying to figure out who what? she is. Do we lick her? Can oh, we like talk to oh, her? Oh, cute. Oh, Here's a gross slobbery toy and joie. Oh, the burbers. This is why I hate people and I just love animals, right? <laughs> you guys, we're out of time. Thank you so much for being here all Ooh, week. Thank you for bringing the champagne. Welcome. That's Thank a good you. old day, guys. Monday, we're hanging with all the stars at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and we have a new interview with Jessica Biel. Check out Daily, Daily Pop every weekday at 11. Take the champagne from me. <laughs> right here on Ian. Follow us on Instagram. Have a great weekend, everybody. Happy Aloha Friday.